0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 21 of the Community Pulse podcast. I am PJ Haggerty at Asplenic on Twitter.
1: And I'm Mary Thingval at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter.
0: And Jason is out this episode. He is uh, taking some excellently earned time off. Um, We'd like to welcome, we're going to be talking about breaking into DevRel today, so we'd like to welcome from Kickbox, Emily Freeman, and from Sentry Chloe Condon, if you'd like to introduce yourselves.
2: Hello, um, I'm Chloe Condon. I am a developer evangelist over at century.io and my Twitter handle is at Chloe Condon.
3: I'm Emily Freeman. I'm a developer advocate at Kickbox uh, where a startup does email verification and you can find me on Twitter at Emily.
0: Awesome, let's get started. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about DevRel and the idea of breaking into it, what it, what it means, what it is and uh, kind of how they got started so that we can uh, show other people. I know that we were talking about this before we started, but a lot of people often come, come to you with the question of, how do I get into DevRel? And um, I think uh, we've talked about this many times in the podcast. There's perspectives of what DevRel is, and there's the reality of what we do. Mm-hmm, right. um, so let's start. So it's like what, you know, and, and either one of you can jump in. What brought you to the decision? What made you say, DevRel, this is for me?
3: I sort of fell into it accidentally. I was, um, previously I was back an engineer in Java and I had one, so the whole thing started because um, I started giving talks and the one talk I gave was uh, the hum- Humpty Dumpty story of DevOps gone wrong. And that came out of just like a really horrible situation at work and it was like the third time I wanted to like slap the ops guy in my <laughs> office. <laughs> and so instead of slapping him across the face, uh I went in <laughs> thank you. I went into another room and like angry typed this whole thing um and then submitted it and someone liked it. And I was like, oh I really like this. Okay, this is cool. I could do this more. Um what jobs involve this? And so I kind of like knew about it from the periphery, but hadn't really dove into it. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be in it. It's a fun job. <laughs>
2: And my journey was was kind of the opposite. Um, I spent a majority of my life doing theater. Um, I grew up with a director dad and a costume designer mom. So I was always around the arts, um, always performing went to theater camp like, was good with computers, but didn't know what coding was. Engineers to me, kind of, in my mind as a child, were, like, people with hammers and lab coats who, like, made computers, um, and I worked in tech, I, so I, I ended up in San Francisco just because I ended up getting my theater degree here. I went to San Francisco State, and um, when I graduated, and I booked my first show, and they said you're the star, you're gonna be on all these billboards and there's gonna be a cutout of you in the lobby. Here's $300 for three months of your work. Um, I kind of stumbled into tech and I did admin work. I was an executive assistant for a long time. I did sales and um, I never really found my place in in tech, so to speak. But um, when I started dating my boyfriend, he was an engineer and I happened to see a talk at Google where they were talking about getting young women interested in programming. And I figured, well, my ship has sailed, like, it's too late for me. Uh, And I was very lucky that my boyfriend said, actually, no, you can learn. Um, And I sort of started coding on my own. I ended up uh, eventually going to Hackbright. I skipped a huge part there, but I went to Hackbright, which is an all-female software engineering school. Um, And when we were presenting our final projects, uh, everyone was super scared. (laughs) And they were looking at me like I was crazy because they're like, why are you smiling? We're about to do the public speaking. This is awful. And I was like, this is the best easiest part. Oh my God. Like, all we have to do is talk in front of people about our app. So that was sort of a, a light bulb moment for me. Um, and I just sort of decided, okay, like, I think evangelism is a very specific skill that I bring to this industry. And um, it's been really fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's so many of us that have kind of stumbled into it in that similar way, right? Like, oh, this thing over here looks neat, or we really need to be talking to our audience more, Mm -hmm. or how do we figure out a better way to communicate with people, right? Like there's so many different ways that people have kind of found out about it. And something that we've talked about on the podcast previously, but something that I've been noticing far, far more in these past few months is there are so many people who are coming out of the woodwork going, hey, I might be interested in doing this whole developer relations thing what does that mean yeah and how does it work and how do I get started right Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the biggest thing is what were your expectations prior to it and is it what you expected, or is it completely different than what you thought it would be?
0: I, I'd like to put a put a put a little tag on the end of that too. Did you expect it to be like flying all over the world to events everywhere, where you walk <laughs> on stage three all the days awesome days parties. And, oh, it's fantastic. I'm so glad this person showed up. My life has changed, mm-hmm. or like because that's not what it is. No. Most of the time. Sometimes. But But I think
3: some people in the industry think we just sort of gallivant to parties and like drink champagne the whole time. Like that's our job. That's what
0: we Instagram,
2: right? (laughs) That's true. Okay, that is fair though. Like we do do a bit of that. That's funny. I mean, it's, it's, I think that. You know a lot of my theater friends who see like wow you're traveling the world it's so exciting and i and i knew, like certain places are really fun to visit other ones not so much um and i think there's a lot i think social media has really made evangelism kind of seem like this glamorous life there's a really great meme where it says like what my parents think i do what i do mm-hmm. like you know one of those yep. things it's yep. for evangelism and it's exactly that it's like people think i'm on the beach and surfing but really i'm just like in my hotel room trying to finish this talk. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> at two
1: o'clock it. in the morning because mm-hmm. I never had time to work on it before. Right.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting because I think people don't understand that like, yes, we often have the Instagram pictures at parties and that, I'm immensely immediately conjuring up in my head, Chloe, the, the blog post that you had of you at part, at a party where you're like, <laughs> is, well, we'll, yeah. add, we'll add a link to the podcast because that's one of the most fabulous blog posts there ever was about oh, women you. evangelists <laughs> and women in tech in general like it's just amazing but uh but kind of like in a way that brought out a thought in my head like yeah sometimes i'm at the party and i, I don't want to be at the party i've got other things right. i want to call home i want to talk to my mm-hmm. kids but you right. have to be at the party that's your yeah. job yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah well and pj you and i have even had conversations like that at parties at
3: parties
0: where, like <laughs>
1: hi i'm gonna walk out and make a phone call and the other person's like are you actually coming back yeah. <laughs> are you leaving like, here are you leaving me by myself because you can't do the, that don't don't is this do the that quiet please. exit please
3: right mm.
0: well I, I do recall we've also had a conversation where it's like are you leaving because that means i can leave too <laughs> no
3: one wants to Absolutely. be the first one.
2: Oh no, no. right right i, I
0: think...
2: will always be the first one <laughs> <laughs> chloe just I'm irish exit <laughs> introverted extrovert where I'm like I need to recharge like I'm done I've been talking to people all day (laughs) yeah I was telling someone
0: one of my favorite things is the time that I'm by myself at the hotel like that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts it's like yes like I love being around people and I love giving the talks and seeing other people talk and hang out in the hallway and like but there's that like 30 minute to an hour gap sometime between like the conference and dinner the conference the nighttime event yeah it's like that's my favorite part of the day there's no noise (laughs) Mm-hmm. like put on some music 15 minutes nap back yeah
3: down. and the travel's super fun usually um, <laughs> but the i think part of it, like people don't realize how exhausting it is not only to travel but to just be on all the time and like when you're at a conference it's like a 12-hour day at a minimum you know yeah. mm-hmm. you got to get up and you have to talk to people the whole time
2: it's exhausting
3: it's absolutely mm-hmm. exhausting
2: the irony being like, and I don't know if y'all feel this way, but I feel like sometimes when I'm at a conference, like I know everybody else at work is like in the office and working. and I'm like, oh my God, I'm slacking off. I haven't looked at my email. Like it's yes. I feel really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you have unlimited vacation and you're afraid to take the unlimited mm-hmm. vacation. Right. Cause I mean, I'm out there and I'm getting business cards and I'm talking to people and I'm doing demos and then I feel guilty, which is mm-hmm. so yeah. silly. But I think it's also just, you know, we're so used to being at a desk and we're so used to like, it's that whole thing of, you know, everyone thinks I'm living this glamorous life and traveling reality. I only did one fun thing in Atlanta last week. Right,
1: (laughs) right. right. And I think part of that guilt is perpetuated by just the misunderstanding of like, hey, you know, I'm at this conference, but I also still have to be working. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And if you're watching the video, you know, I just did air quotes around <laughs> that
2: but like I have air quote earrings on because I feel like <laughs> that's awesome that's right.
0: that just solves the whole problem you don't even have to do the air quotes like, it's already it's taken true. Care of it's true it's <laughs> true
2: But this issue of, you
1: know, people for some reason don't think that while we are at a conference that that qualifies as work, right? Because we still have to get the blog post done. We still have to um, write the latest application. We still have to be answering all the questions that our colleagues have for us. We still have to be giving the latest approvals on the things that are coming across our desk. And so being able to separate ourselves from those things, I think, requires a lot of strength on our part and a lot of pushback on our part, and also having a really, really good manager who goes, nope, sorry. They are busy today. They are doing other things that are very important. They are working. Mm -hmm. They are not available to do those things.
2: And I think a big part of that is, you know, with DevRel specifically, it's so difficult to measure. I mean, you can measure how many conferences you go to. You can measure how many blog posts you put out. But really, that's not like where the value of DevRel goes. And I'm very lucky that I have a manager who's like, we get it there's no numbers tied because what would you do would you just like clip one of those like cattle tags on everybody <laughs> who's there like, how do you figure out how, if they like came into the funnel i mean amazing maybe yeah, a person asks like how did you hear of sentry oh i hear a talk from chloe but like that's not part of their job to like right. know that it, i touched yeah. them at some point right. well, it's, it's
0: even, like the, the, we, we've talked about metrics and stuff like that we talked about the fact it's such a long tail that it could be mm-hmm. you talk to someone at this event in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and they don't think about Century until September. Mm-hmm. And they don't remember yeah. why it's in their head. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just, you've planted a seed. We don't know how long it's gonna take that seed to grow.
1: Right. Exactly. So I
0: mean, yeah, we could, we could do a whole other episode. Over.
1: Or on the flip side, right? Like they could hear Emily give an awesome talk and think that Emily is awesome, but not necessarily remember what company she works for, right. but then see something else that Emily's posted and go, oh, that's right, that's oh, a really um, cool yeah, company. Exactly and maybe they have a need for your product, maybe they don't, but it'll mm-hmm. stick in their heads as a, I met this really cool person, yeah. the company that they work for must be cool as well, right? So it's yeah. all so ephemeral and
3: squishy. yeah. And in so many ways, you're like the face of the company in some ways, you know, to, to people, and that's sort of odd too. Um, but speaking about expectations, like I came from an engineering role, and the first six months in this job, like every week, I was like at my boss. I'm like, okay, I think I think I figured out how to measure my output, and he's like, please stop. Just, <laughs> just, just don't stop. I was like, no, no, I have a plan. Well, <laughs> like, I, it doesn't work that way, Sweet. <laughs> I,
0: I I remember when I the, the other the, uh, I, I had an expectation you know similar coming from an engineering background that there was going to yeah. be some sort of something like and it, it's kind of weird like the first few weeks that I had where I was directly working for a community team and like. Myself and and the team would look at each other and be like, "Shouldn't we be doing something right now? (laughs) Like I feel like I've gotten away with something. Like somehow, I managed to do something that was completely illicit. No one's supposed (laughs) to be doing this. No one's supposed to be on stage all the time. No one's supposed to be going to conferences and 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 traveling the world. No one's supposed to do this. Like you just made some shit up." (laughs) And you ran away with it. You ran away to the circus. Yes. And no one's one's calling you out on your bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like
3: that a lot, actually.
0: Which is why this is the job for me. (laughs) 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 That's how I
2: feel a lot with our meetup, because we made our meetup, like, because I was the brain Behind it, um, I wanted our meetup to be really entertaining. And I come from this theater background. So I like bought all these props and, you know, we have s'mores and hot chocolate and everybody gets a patch in our meetup. And I'm like, is no one going to tell me no? Like, oh, like, <laughs> okay, cool. We're just going to go through with it. And it ended up being like a great success. And people were like, wow, a meetup I really like to go to. And for me, that's just a no brainer. Like, if I throw mm-hmm. an event, I want it to be like very exciting and theatrical and fun. Um, but there were many moments when planning it when I was like, wait, like, we just we just order the shirts like we don't <laughs> no one's gonna say no or like okay cool awesome
0: well, it, it's interesting too because working now that i'm working with clients like it was one thing when i was working for a company and i i had that same feeling where it was like i'm gonna push this to the total total 100 percent limit um which is why when we did distill when i worked at engine yard we ended up having a panda costume yeah <laughs> and we had a panda that walked around we had cornhole boards There were drones taking pictures, like whatever. I just whatever I thought of. They were like, Yeah, we could do that. A bar made entirely of candy. Yes, we'll do this. I don't know Um, if you ever saw
2: the code fresh, like oversized like Disneyland character head, but I made that.
0: That is awesome. (laughs) Because it
2: was like I have this I took costume classes in in, like to get my theater degree and they're like, We really want to buy a head. How much did that cost? I'm like, You can pay me, I'll make
0: it. Nice. So for anyone who's listening, Chloe will also do gigantic (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Frank style puppet.
2: Right. RuPaul's Drag Race contestants. I'm available. (laughs) There you go. There you go.
1: (laughs) But I think the interesting thing is, you know, we're sitting here saying there's no metrics, but at the same time doing a meetup that's super memorable, people don't just remember the meetup. They remember the company that hosted it. They remember the, the person who put it on. They remember the people that they met there. So it's, it's not necessarily always a strict, yes, I can attribute this, purchase to this event kind of a deal but the level of awareness that you get from things like that is huge Mm
3: -hmm.
1: so anyway uh along those same topics but getting a little more back on track because metrics is a whole other episode or five um When you both joined and you come from from different backgrounds, I know, but uh, were you in finding it more to be along the marketing side of things or the like building a community side of things or engineering side of things? Like I know some people when they get into this kind of go, okay, I'm going to be 50% travel and 50% coding. And like, that doesn't, It doesn't work that way.
3: No, no, that was totally my plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to set it out. And then, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I'll build apps. And then Wednesday, Friday, whatever, you know, and like, it doesn't work that way at all. Um, My job specifically with Kickbox, we're sort of rewriting part of our product. Um, And so any kind of SDK that I would write at this point would be moot in like two months. Um, And so I've done so little coding, which like I desperately miss. (laughs) Um, but it's just what it needs. So what I've had to learn is just like to go with the flow and like whatever is required and just work on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it kind of runs the gamut. And I think the funniest part of our job is we have our hands in all the pots. You know, like a little bit of product, a little bit of marketing, so much promotion, community management was
2: a whole other thing. Uh, So it always just, it's like every day is a new day. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I was going to say it, it depends on the day, but I think it also depends on the hour sometimes. Oh, yeah. um, it's difficult because as an engineer, you really can't context switch in the middle mm-hmm. of programming something. And with this role, there's just so much like, I mean, it's a lot of networking. It's writing the talks. It's doing the meetups. It's writing the content. It's like developing the design around that with the designers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, filming the footage with our content person, like touring a venue for the meetup. Um, I mean, I love the variety of it. Um, I feel the same way as Emily. I'm feeling a lot of FOMO about not like sitting down and getting my hands dirty with code as much as I would like to. Um, But I think that that, it it honestly like varies on the day. (laughs) Like some days are busier than others. Like today I have an interview and like yesterday I had a culture interview that took up like an hour of my day. Um, and I think that for me, what I just read this amazing book on habits that I'm telling everybody about, um, by Gretchen Rubin, that's about kind of like how to get habits in process and, and going with them. It, I floss every day now because of this book (laughs) and I'm trying to apply that to kind of my, uh, my, my evangelist role as well. Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense that I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that I, you know, code every, you know, day or, you know, every other day or whatever that is. And Really, uh, stay true to that. But uh, on the same line, it's like you never know what's going to happen. Like the venue right. could fall through, or someone wants you to do a meetup really last minute tonight, and you haven't written the talk yet, or. Um, there's just so many things that pop up. I mm-hmm. really describe my role when I'm telling people like, what's an evangelist is I'm the liaison between marketing and engineering because yep. I I'm like an that. engineer that sits on the marketing team and the marketers don't know how to code. They don't have a sense of like what engineers want or do. And then the engineers are like so confused by marketing. They're yeah. like, <laughs> oh my God, why do we need marketing? This is so stupid. So I really make it a point with my role to like not justify my role but like to justify each team to each other because um, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of pushback with different things right, like right. you know if xyz company wants to come and talk to the entire company about a product i'm like whoa whoa whoa, marketing like we can't take our engineers away from their computers for two hours that's not yeah. useful so but that's just you know information that each team doesn't have and right. a lot of it's just translating <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah i love absolutely. that <laughs> Well, and you wind up being the advocate, not only for your community and your customers, but for the engineering team to marketing and for the marketing team to engineering and both of those to product and, you know, doing some of that to sales as well, right? So like Emily said, you know, we've got, we've got our hands in everything.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that requires like a certain kind of personality too, I think, it really like, does. because you couldn't just have like a marketer with no technical experience and, and vice versa. But but also I think you really have to be able to roll with the punches and just listen to things and be like, I hear you. Um, my friend's a social worker and she said, here's your honorary degree in social work. You just have to say, that's interesting. I hear you. <laughs> and I feel the same way about my role where I'm like, that's interesting. Okay. Let me, um, let me just mm-hmm. marinate on that for a bit. <laughs> let me repeat uh, that
1: back to you so that I
0: understand. Yeah. The <laughs> a, a, a lot of, I used to work customer service before I got back into programming between like My life as a musician and my life as a programmer. I did customer service jobs, and one of the biggest things they say is, "Say I hear you, I understand your problem, and I understand how you feel." And I'm like, "That's pretty much what DevRel is." Right. Like, what is my talk about? My talk is about this because I understand your problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I understand this problem exists. Let me tell you (laughs) how to fix it. Um, Yeah, and I I, I also think it's interesting because uh, Emily mentioned, you know, you're kind of the face of the company. But also it's kind of in in reverse as well you're kind of the shoulder to cry on because someone, yeah. like, people don't like this new feature we built we just don't right. understand why can you tell us why And it's like yeah because i've gotten this feedback i understand what what the problem is right yeah um, right. so you're it's the storyteller
1: kind of, you're yeah. the liaison you're the advocate you're
2: the journalist <laughs> you're, the, you're the social
0: right. worker you're the beat I, detective I, Like. You're <laughs>
2: There's a lot of pushback, um, not pushback, I would say. I think a lot of it is mental, honestly, like going back to what Emily and I were talking about, like, I want to code more, like I'm feeling like an imposter sort of, but someone, I can't think of her last name. Her name was Kim something. I'll have to link it. Bannerman. Um, she <laughs> gave a talk at a, at this conference I was at at NGConf Atlanta, and it was a talk called I Don't Give Non-Technical Talks, and it was technically a non-technical talk, and it was about how valuable it is to be able to communicate and have empathy in this industry, um, and it's so valuable, because, I mean, imagine that, like, really curmudgeon grumpy, like, DevOps guy you worked with at three companies ago, like, in this role. Like, it, it wouldn't work, and I think... Yeah. Um, people in my, in a handful of times people are like, Oh, you know, you're not really an engineer. Like you're an evangelist. And it's like, well, actually I do know how to code. I just know how to communicate what I'm doing really well. Mm -hmm. And I may be a little bit more on the junior side, but like, I'm on the stage. Like, (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't, Emily can probably speak to this too. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've done a talk and someone raises their hand and asks a question and I'm like, Oh, Oh, like that's so interesting was there a question in there um <laughs> right so i'm always very encouraging to people like if you have a talk you want to give like absolutely go and give a talk like that's great there's so many amazing topics out there but what what we all really do really well is um make that digestible and mm-hmm. entertaining to listen to versus like the product announcement you hear that's like we are excited to present and it's like are you right. excited <laughs> like i don't i don't know if you are, <laughs> we, are we
0: are proud to tell you it's like yeah right right, right. 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 Yeah. Well, i think you, you bring up a good point because i know that personally like when i started speaking and, and doing events and stuff i wanted things and, and mary can attest as she's seen me speak i wanted it to be stand-up comedy basically with a <laughs> huge technical bent yeah um because when i started and i'm a little bit older um but like i'd go to conferences and 50 percent of talks for like people head down in their computer oh
3: yeah, yeah. There,
0: mumbling into a microphone kind of sharing information and then i saw this guy jim Waterick, and jim was like the guy was in his 60s and looked like santa claus big white beard and like super hello world excited attempt. and this is a guy he'd worked for nasa he worked for he created rake in ruby which is like a, a an, yeah. un, un you can't use ruby without it Absolutely. and like just an amazing amazing guy and occasionally like he like whip out a ukulele and start playing on stage and <laughs> that's
3: amazing like closure
0: and it's like what is going on? And I was like, that's how it should be. Like, yeah, yeah he, I'm still getting all of the code that he's talking about, all the tech that he's talking about. I'm getting all of that. But also, I'm entertained right now. I want to see him every time. Anytime at a conference, I want to go to his talk. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's multi, multi-track, multi I want to go to his talk. And I think that's something that DevRel has kind of developed into. It's 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 edutainment, as they used to yes. say in the 80s. Right. You have to kind of, you have to give over a message, but you also have to kind of have fun doing it. Right. Because, Like you were saying if you aren't proud or excited to tell anyone about anything no one cares what you have to say Mm -hmm,
1: yeah Yeah, and i mean not all of us have to pull out a ukulele and serenade the crowd but i think hey why not part of but why not (laughs) a yes (laughs) and b i think that's part of what sets us apart right is Mm -hmm. that we aren't happy with just only being behind a computer staring at a screen coding on our laptops not talking to anyone all day right we yeah. we are wanting to be out there we are wanting to be sharing what we're working on and helping mm-hmm. other people through it and working with them to make sure that they understand what they're doing and that we're processing the feedback properly
3: mm-hmm.
1: so it's a unique set right. of skills that's for sure what really I is sure.
3: this, oh go on, sorry okay. no you're good <laughs> i was just going to say it's, this is validating for me because i'm i'm still sort of struggling with that like recognizing that the skill set we have is valuable you know like because like engineers don't always see it like that you know it's like well how is it what's your output what how you're not really an engineer you know you just like go and talk but like many of those people couldn't do what we do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. um so
0: i think think one of the interesting is the perception like when you're an engineer you're like i'm making things you know i've built code but code isn't any it's not real it's not really a thing it's just like you typed up some words that aren't really even words that make <laughs> computers do some things with an on and off switch like you're just turning switches on and off that's uh, true <laughs> yeah. i'm on stage and i'm turning these minds on and off i feel like oh. that's a little bit more interactive Damn. <laughs> i like it i'm getting a little bit of an attitude i need to
2: <laughs> i used to have a lot of like like i guess uh, upsetness and like a aggression about like my previous life especially when I was making this transition into tech um, mainly because you know people like my boyfriend have been doing this since they're like six or seven years old and yeah. here I was like 27 like learning how to code and kids are learning how to code in schools and for me um, it's I thought like wow that was like my theater degree was a waste of my life going to all those theater camps was a waste of my life But like even in the last, I think mostly in the at Century and in the last couple months, there have been instances where I go, oh wow! Like if I didn't have that background, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Everything Mm -hmm. from like planning an event, um, just organizational, like networking wise, but especially with giving talks because it always makes me laugh so hard when people are like, wow! Like that was one of the best talks I've ever seen. I'm like, oh honey, like thank you so much, but. how to do public speaking before because I've been doing this for over 20 years like Mm -hmm. I I, it hasn't been technical talks but um people do get nervous and I'm like no like this is I've sang in Shrek the musical with green makeup on my face like this is nothing (laughs) it's a very different world and I think like the more like I, I give a lot of talks especially to like kids and and women who are entering the field Mm -hmm. with diverse backgrounds, like, you bring with you this whole background that, like, the engineers who started when they were four, five, and six just don't have, like, and that's super valuable, Um, and that's really where this argument for, like, boot camps and versus, like, new grads, like, getting a degree, awesome, like, wish I could have gotten a four-year degree, but um, these these people come into the industry with this whole other, like, industry background, and it's amazing.
3: Yeah, to build on that, like one of the reasons I think I'm good at this gig is before I was an engineer, I was a writer and I had this um, business, like a freelance business. I did a lot of ghostwriting and it was editing Emily. Um, and at the end of it, I, you know, it just kind of fizzled out and I was just like, oh, that's such a failure. Like, you know, I've wasted three years of my life. Um, and so I transitioned into engineering thinking that that was not going to help me at all. Uh, but the writing background not only helped me. better communicator on my team be a better engineer hello documentation um, but also (laughs) for this job like I can get up and tell a story Uh, so you're totally right Chloe
1: yeah so last question for you before we go to checkouts Um, we've talked a lot about some of the uh, the downsides and things that are a little unexpected and harder but what's the major thing that you wish someone had told you before you took on this role
3: That my laundry was never gonna get folded again.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. It, that is that is a sad fact. You just really? live out of
1: suitcases, right?
0: Well, you also learn yes. how many days jeans can really go. Uh
3: huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and sweaters, and which socks, like wool socks, actually yeah. do okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Today I learned.
0: I, I actually, I, I was talking to somebody. I think it was in the Slack channel. Um, And we were talking about traveling and they had been traveling from, like, I think they went from Minnesota to Miami. And I was like, yeah, I think it's like a DevRel skill to know how to leave a pair of shorts in your backpack. If you check your luggage, (laughs) you leave a pair of shorts in your backpack and you learn how to change an airport bathroom without actually letting your feet touch the floor. That's a skill. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. I, I was at an airport, um, like I had landed and I was like putting on makeup and brushing my teeth and putting in contacts and stuff. And people were like looking at me like because I was like spread out all over the sink and I was like, no, this is just natural.
0: This is it's like <laughs> listen. But no the plane not. lands, the job is on. Exactly. Right. The the right,
1: right. <laughs> Chloe, what about you?
2: Um, something that I'm actually trying to learn right now is it's okay to say no. Um, I think especially with evangelism and that advocacy, there's just so many opportunities and things. And I mean, of course, if you want to go to Greece and give a talk, like that sounds glamorous and wonderful, but um, just everything from like, hey, do you want to do this talk for this conference or like, let's co-write a talk together. And it's like really awesome in the moment. And then when it's like a Saturday at 11 a.m. and you're looking at like, I committed to all these extracurriculars. So I'm really learning to say no this year. Um, which has been very freeing, but the FOMO is also very real. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when I used to do theater and there would be a show I really wanted to audition for or I wouldn't book the show or something. And from far away and on social media, it looked really exciting and I was like, oh man, like I wish I was doing that. Then you talk to the actors later and they're like, oh, it's the worst experience of our lives. Um, (laughs) So that's really like how I try to keep it in context is like you can't do everything. Like it would be nice. Um, and Especially now that I've like been doing in this while I think when I first started my career it was like yes and like yes I will do that and I like commit to doing this thing so um just learning to say no I think has been Mm -hmm. important to me now definitely
0: (laughs) I I think I think it's funny you mention that because it kind of goes back to what we were originally talking about if we have this persona of glamorous rock stars Mm -hmm. and having I I was a musician for years and toured and things like that and the thing that people don't read really, like they see you up on stage and that's the exciting part. Just like they see us at the parties and on Instagram and on Twitter and everybody's so happy and fun. What they don't see is like sleeping in a van, eating a bag of peanuts because that's what you had money for today. Yeah. And, you know, they, they see, you, oh, that ripped t-shirt's awesome. It's like, yes, because it's rotting slowly because I. <laughs> um, like that's, that's the part nobody it's not, I don't think it's so much that people don't tell you. It's that people don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. they they want you to be glamorous they want you to be awesome
1: right, yeah. right. Um, they don't want to hear that all you saw in london was the inside of the convention center and the inside of your hotel room yep. yes right. funny i'm
0: going to london next week so topical
1: Ah, oh, there, there you go, go. there you Nailed
0: go it. so check so, out
1: so here's uh yeah but one more thing first
0: oh sorry. i know i lied earlier <laughs>
1: um so here's the thing knowing everything that you now know about developer relations about evangelism about all of these things would you still transition to it given another chance Fuck yes! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely, I love it yeah. so much. Like, the, I mean, to be fair, like the roles that I had before going to Hackbright were like putting Lacroix in a fridge every day. Like, I was an office manager, I was an EA. I was doing other people's work. But I find myself just like, you know, like humming to myself on my bike on the way to the office. I really enjoy what I do, and awesome. I I'm really glad that I chose it. My favorite part
3: is like any cockamamie idea I come up with. My boss is like, yeah, sure. Chase
2: it down. See if it works. I don't know. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of like, is this a thing? Like maybe we try this. (laughs) Pull that lever.
1: Oh, that didn't work. Okay. Push that one back. (laughs) What happens now? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Yeah. Let's do checkouts. Let's Um, do Checkouts. So for, for those of you who are new, this is kind of the section that we just mentioned a thing or two, uh, sometimes developer relations related, sometimes not. But things that have been catching our eye lately, things that have been helping us not burn out, uh, things that are interesting, exciting, helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you wanna Stuff. go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Uh, you have your list ready go for it i do
0: i do i have my list ready so proud of, of you watching on youtube i wrote it down in a post-it note because i'm a professional <laughs> um so first something devrel related uh i as a lot of people know i run a lot of events elixir days code days whatever lots of uh, conferences and one of the biggest pain in the butts for conferences is to sell tickets mm-hmm. in a convenient way that you can then keep track of when people show up at the day of the event so um, the people at tito.io uh have come up with a very convenient application uh it has like i think three or four different ways to get the money in um for elixir days we use tito to get our sponsorship payments in to sell the tickets to get the speakers aligned and it kind of does all that and on the day when the day arrives you have a nice check-in either on your phone or an ipad or your computer or whatever so tito.io for tickets very awesome nice. um uh, tell them pj sent you <laughs> um working remotely uh well, I mean, I kind of work remote. I'm the only person in the whole company. so. But uh, I still like to stay in touch with people. And uh, when I used to work remote, we used to have this cool thing called Turntable FM that unfortunately went away. Uh, but a new player is now in the market called Jukebox, JQBX.FM, uh, where you can have up to five DJs at a time. And you come in, you play your music from Spotify. Really cool. A lot of fun. Um, I've been doing that with some friends at, from some old jobs, and it's just been really, really a lot of fun to play music and enjoy each other's music. And then my last check out from a, a odd flashback that I had before the show started. Um, yes. Lauren Fairchild wrote a radio play in the 1930s called Sorry, Wrong Number, and you should look it up. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's a very interesting <laughs> radio play about party phone lines. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. 30s kids will remember this. Um, all right. Those are my checkouts. <laughs> That's
3: awesome. Cool. Uh, Emily or
1: Chloe, either one of you want to go next?
3: I can go. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to plug your new email series. I'm loving that DevRel Weekly. Uh, so if you haven't signed up for it, I recommend it. It's like a nice you. little thing. It is becoming one of those emails though, where I'm like, okay, I, I want to read that tab open. I want to read that tab open. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it just adds to the 48 other tabs that I need to read. It's fair. It's, it's fair. True. Uh, and then my big thing right now, I am reading thinking fast and slow by Daniel, I think is how you say his last name. Um, if you want to feel not like a human and an individual and more like a lab rat, uh, I highly recommend it. It's about like our two, two types of brains or like the way we think, uh, and how we all sort of fall into these like traps. We're all super manipulable. So it's, it's wild.
1: (laughs)
2: Nice. Chloe, um, first I want to plug our Sentry Meetup. It's monthly. Um, it's camp themed and it's really fun. And if you like s'mores and rice krispie treats and gushers, we do have gushers. Um, nice. Definitely come and check us out. It's Sentry Scouts. Uh, I randomly have started this Tech Lady Picnic group, which just kind of <laughs> started from last uh, on Wednesday. A um, bunch. It's. Never over 70 degrees in San Francisco, but when it is, uh, we're gonna meet up and just have our lunch together uh, in a central location near all our offices. So you can join that on Twitter and meet up. Um, There's a really cool play at SF Playhouse called Non-Player Character that goes into Gamergate and um, kind of being a woman on the internet and in tech. And I'm speaking on a panel there um, on the 16th, but you should just go to the show in general if you're in the Bay Area, sounds awesome. Um, and also uh, the book that I mentioned before, Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before Habit Book, has just completely changed my life and my habitness and um, doing things on time and uh, repeatedly. So I would recommend uh, listen to the audiobook; it's great.
1: Nice, cool. Um, well, Emily stole mine because I was going <laughs> to. Sorry. Plug my my Devrel weekly, um, but you mentioned you mentioned the problem with with tabs opening as a yeah. result, and one of the things, um, and I'm gonna forget who first turned me onto this, uh, I think it was someone in the Devrel Slack though. But um, one of the things I've been using to kind of help with that, and I'm mostly a fan of it, uh, is something called Toby, and it's gettoby.com. Um, and I'm actually using that in the newsletter to like do a collection of like, here's the upcoming developer relations events. Here's the upcoming, or here's the the open DevRel jobs that have been coming through. Um, but the whole point of it is it's similar to like one tab or Evernote or things like that, but you can like pull things into certain collections. You can pull tabs into collections and then name them. You can, uh, move things around. You can collapse everything into Toby and all of that. Um, which is kind of handy, but it still gives you like a little summary and image of uh, what's on the page. Um, The only thing I'm not completely sold on is the fact that I usually have a, uh, when I open a new tab in Chrome, it opens into like a gorgeous landscape picture, Mm -hmm. was the last like extension thing that I had in there. And now when I open a new tab, it's just a list of tabs that I need to look at, which I'm <laughs> missing.
2: The guilt <laughs> um, anxiety inducing. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. So I'm trying to figure out how if there's a way to like adjust that. But anyway, it's it's working fairly well for a lot of things, which is awesome. Um, and the other thing that came up recently, there's been a lot of concern with folks um, around lanyard and the fact that it's going away. And for those of us who have been mm-hmm. talking for a while or doing event stuff for a while, like you don't know if you can actually access the different things. Um, and there's a company called Noticed, Notist, N-O-T-I-S-T, um, that I heard about recently that uh, is a similar type of thing, but they're promising a permanent speaking portfolio, which, you know, is always a cautiously optimistic thing for me because we're talking about startups in San Francisco, but... Um, <laughs> I sign up for more information and we'll see what happens. Um, but they're claiming to be the like latest and greatest hub for speaking events. And you can import things from other places. They have a, a system that allows you to export your things out of lanyard and all this other stuff. So
2: hmm. I have not even heard of lanyard until just now. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay i
0: <I'm okay. laughs> <laughs> been These putting monsters. everything in paper
2: call. I'm, an, I'm a rookie. Oh, over paper, yeah, paper, paper call is, call is
0: awesome. the best. <laughs>
2: Yes. It, yeah. it spoiled yeah.
0: me, though. My bio from there. <laughs> totally. Oh, it, it does. It, you're right, Emily. It totally spoils you. Yeah. then you apply another at other conferences. You're like, oh my God, you're not even using paper call.
3: I know. It's I just a Google Doc. I abstract. have to copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Entering my own information. What the? You should know my bio by now.
3: Pretty much. Do you <laughs> know who trip. I am? <laughs>
0: <laughs> my name is two letters. I don't want to type it.
3: Oh my god! Sometimes when it asks like like lists the conferences you've spoken at, I'm just like I Google it. I don't I don't even know at this point. It's like
0: <laughs> just you know, lots. Have, having having been in, in doing DevRel for like seven years now, mm-hmm. oh it's, god, okay. yeah, the list. Like if you really want to know, I actually had someone who's like, we really want to know every conference you've ever spoken at. I went through all of my badges and I listed them, and it's it's like over a hundred. Awesome. They're like. Well,
1: That's that's part of what I'm hoping is going to actually pull through with this notice is like hypothetically, and this is all hearsay and sales pitches off of their site at this point. um, But what they're saying is you can then embed, like you can pull any and all information into there. You can make links to to outbound things on other sites and then embed that all onto your site. So hypothetically, you can put all your stuff in one place. And then when someone goes, what conferences have you spoken at? You go, here's marythingval.com speaking and it lists everything i've ever done which don't well you can go to that page it just doesn't list anything that i've done uh, <laughs> side note it is literally just a picture of
0: mary speaking it's bizarre
1: <laughs> kind of is actually you're right you're right in any case uh yeah so there's some things to check out and and things to report back on um and we'll bring your report next time and let you know how it goes Right. but cool. this has been an awesome episode. Thank you so much, Chloe and Emily, for joining us. Uh, it's been a great look at what DevRel actually is and why we love it so much, but also some of the things that are behind the scenes that people don't realize. So it's we so appreciate true. your time and uh, excited to, to work with you in the future and keep talking to you about topics like this. Awesome, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And with that, uh, this is the close of another episode of Community Pulse. We'll be back next month with more exciting topics and, and awesome guests. And in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Mary underscore Grace.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Asplenic. Uh Also be sure if you are downloading us from iTunes to give us a review because uh, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks and we'll see you next month.